And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Ah, it's very simple to see it. Yes, and still, baby. That's right. It is the Weighing In Podcast, and we are still coming at you with the best damn analysis of MMA and combat sports. There is my man Josh Thompson sitting there looking cool. Got his beanie on inside a house. What is wrong with you? You don't wear a beanie inside a house. At 4 a.m., I'm not doing my hair, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Has There's nothing to no do with way. the cold. Uh-uh, I'm not doing my hair at 4 a.m. As soon as we get done with this around 7.30, I got shit to do. So I got no time for that action. Now, it's, uh, yeah, it's actually, you know, it kind of cooled down this last night, which is not too bad. I like to sleep with my windows open. So pop those windows open, felt a little chill, got up. I was like, you know what? Office is feeling a little cold, so I put on the beanie. Beanie time. I wasn't going to do my hair anyway, so. <laughs> not for you, not for Podcast Dave. Oh, which, by the way, Podcast Dave had his first day of Train Alta. Okay, we need a full rundown. Tell us about it, Dave. Come on, Dave. Uh, it was just like a, a boxing class. Um, okay. I've done, I've done them before, so it's just very similar to what I've done in the past. Okay, so let me ask you one question. Very simple. Did they teach you that you hit with this part of your hand, not this part? Um, are you saying that? <laughs> I wasn't that part. <laughs> oh. no. it, was a, it was pretty good. It was a good um, good coach. Um, it's a good little facility they got down there. Um, and where's it at? It's Black Sheep. I think it's called Black Sheep um, yep. Muay Thai or something like that. Yeah, Black Sheep Muay Thai. It's in uh right it's in uh where do you live? You live in not Red Rock. Round Rock. Round Rock. I was gonna say Rockland. Yeah, Round Rock, Austin, right? So it's like thirty minutes away. Got it, got it. That's nice, yeah. man. So it was good, good for so you. yesterday it was just boxing and everyday changes, right? So today it'll be like probably jujitsu, tomorrow will be yeah. something else. Yeah, I yep. gotcha. Yep, 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 yep. Good for you, buddy. So it was good. Got did anyone you get punched in the face at all? No. Day Damn. one, dude, you kidding? Come on, yeah. Damn. Josh, Damn. come on. What is wrong with you? Well, Even if you were coaching, you wouldn't have had... Yeah, you would have. Never mind. Well, I would have. I would have had him. I would have had, Especially Dave, I would have had him. Just That's exactly my point. You wouldn't have Dave, had anyone else get hit. Hands down by your yeah. side. Try to move your head. Use your head work. Just... <laughs> Dave, I've noticed Dave's lost his voice a little bit. I felt like they were, he was laying down on the ground and someone was just fucking standing over him, using his head work and just teabagging him. He had to move his face <laughs> side to side. Just Can you imagine? That's great head work. Guy just bobbing up and down doing squats as Dave's trying to move his head left to right, trying to get avoid getting teabagged. Oh, that's great. No, I'm wondering if I got I, some... I thought uh, it was funny, guys. I thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny when I was good, when I was saying no, no, go, go. Nah, hey, I just want to tell you, man, I'm proud of you, bud. I'm proud of you. It's, it's day good. one. Calm down, calm down. I it's don't day care. One. It's way. It takes a step forward, and that's what he did. Good job. He, nah, don't let's not toot his Don't too get much. all calm fucking. Down. Look at <laughs> you getting all fucking get, negative, Nancy troll like. Don't be like that. we what we know Dave has been like this yeah. whole time. Yeah. I did get praise on my form, so. Uh, Ooh, there you go. My uh, jab cross form, so. Just, uh, so you're, uh, oh, I thought you were just, I thought you were so, just in so there. So what you're look. saying is right now you're the head of the class. I mean, uh, I, if you Brown want to Brown noser. <laughs> I'll take Brown it. noser. I'll take, I'll take it. <laughs> what do you mean? I thought, I, 
I just know Dave. I know Dave when he fights is the fastest windmill wins, right? Just head down, just swimming, just trying to throw the fastest windmill. That's really what it comes down to. I told him, I said, hey, you better, you better get with you, you better get with the program, buddy, because when when Lincoln turns, I don't know, six, he'll probably be taller and bigger than you, and probably just smash you. <laughs> That's really what it comes down to. You better get on it, buddy. So, ah, uh, it was it was kind of funny. I, I noticed that because Dave sent us the picture right in the in the group text. And uh, he was all lathered up again, you know, with his baby oil, his WWE baby oil that he bought online. <laughs> On the website, he's all lathered up. He's got. The, Is that a specific bottle? And it, yeah, I think I think, and then they, they kind of sprayed him. I think oh, the yeah. Mister. We call it the Mister. What do they call? Got what it. do they call those people? The fluffer. Yeah. Like oh, the he's got a movies. fluffer. He's got a fluffer for his photo shots. Nothing, nothing wrong with having a fluffer. <laughs> Not really good to be the fluffer, but to have a fluffer. There you go. I think yeah, if this doesn't work out, Dave can be the fluffer. <laughs> uh, I'm excited though. I'm excited to see how uh, how much more he does. I want to see him on the grappling day. Where we're just getting smashed by like a 12 year old. It's gonna be great. They're gonna bring in some of their students. Students are just gonna just you know wall just up on them. Adults only. Yeah, but I mean, like you know, maybe there's oh, Texas has big kids. <laughs> you never Dave, know. Don't worry uh, about it. Everyone gets smashed in the beginning. Josh got smashed. I got smashed. I never got smashed. You got smashed, dude. No. Shut up. You know you did. Here, let me give you a little BJ Penn talk. I'm so I, good. You can't do anything to me. Oh, uh, yeah, You're yeah. Good. That was that was later on, though. No, when, that's called being smashed. <laughs> that was smashed. That was. <laughs> he, he was realistically, it was him and Frank Shamrock and Bob Cook. I think those were the only three guys that had ever, ever given me a go in the and early of my always. career. There's there always. Those three guys. I've gone, I've gone with a bunch of other guys that were all pretty equal. Those three guys fucked me up, man. Yeah. Bob Cook especially, because I had I came to AKA and was grappling with Charles Taylor, who was there at the time, uh, Ryan Bow, and on the ground I was better than both of them. Like and was just was all over them, subbing them left and right. And this is old old days, anyways. And you could just see Frank Shamrock sitting up on the on the cage on the cage on the on the ring apron with Bob Cook. You know how like the big bull sends the other bull, the other big bull, like his yep. sidekick down to yeah. just fuck somebody up, you know? And that's exactly what Frank did with Crazy Bob. He's like, hey, Bob, go down there. Handle that kid. Bob almost ripped my fucking ankles off with heel hooks, fucking Achilles locks. He just <laughs> tore me up. I was like, oh, shit. Anyways, but hey, all of that stuff aside, go to weaningpodcast.com, pick up some of our merch. Got a bunch of stuff going on right now. Look at Big John supporting the hashtag and still shirt right, that's baby. available. Yes, sir. And we have our OG logo as well as our new logo. We've got the Beast Mode shirts. We've got the five-round main event shirt that is up. And hindsight is 50-50. Make sure you guys check it out at WayneInPodcast.com. All right, uh, let's get right into this, man. One Championship has has a card this weekend. What night is that on? That is on the 22nd. It's so that'll Friday. be Friday. Friday. That's yeah, Friday. Yeah. But they are a day behind. Singapore. I think they're a day behind. No, day ahead. Day ahead. Day ahead. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so that the the main event should be a good main event. In, in terms of the rest of the card, we're just going to talk really about the main event because this guy has he's got some claim to say that he's probably a top five middleweight, and we already know that he is a light heavyweight. He is a stud. Is uh, Deritter, and Deritter's good on the ground. He's got good wrestling. He's strong he's as very hell. Very good on the ground. But Vitali Bigdash is tough as well good fight he's a great fighter good stand-up yeah he's got good stand-up but he's also fought uh, good wrestling 
um, their former champion, uh, what's his name, Ong? Ong. Ong, Ong Sung Long. Ong Sung Long. Sung Long. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. tough as well. Um, you know, he's coming off of some losses now, but back when they fought, they fought, what, three or four times, I believe. Three times. Is what, yeah, three times. Yeah. And so, uh, but that they had some good goes as well. But this uh, De Ritter and Big Dosh are going to be a good fight. This fight's going to be shaped up to well. I think De Ritter obviously just going to have to keep doing what he normally does: pushes some pace, gets on top, gets the grind, and also on top of the grind, always working for that submission when they're giving up position. He's forcing people, John, to go in the direction that he can chase the submission and get to the yeah. back and control the body, control the position. He is a fantastic fighter. But not only that. You know, he's a, he's a two-division champion right now. I believe he's middleweight and, and light heavyweight. Yep, he is. He is a stud. I mean, he's somebody, I, I don't know. I mean, look, everyone always talks about the same thing with the Bellator guys. Man, I'd really like to see him go to somewhere else and fight, you know, so-and-so. Yeah. I think we saw, There's. I think there was something I sent us, I sent to you, Dave, in the news clip. Um, It was the pay for... Uh, Nganu and Anthony Pettis in their last fight. Anthony Pettis made seven hundred fifty thousand, and Nganu made six hundred thousand. That like those type of things when people Nganu was fighting get, for a championship, heavyweight championship by the way, a heavyweight championship which normally brings more money, and Anthony yes. Pettis was fighting for what? For fun in the tournament. There you go. <laughs> for, yeah, and um, it just so when I when I want to avoid. People that I want to avoid saying that because I would love to see him fight other people like in the UFC as well as in Bellator and in the PFL. But I also don't want to take these fighters away from their cash cows and allowing them and, and letting people know that this they go to these other promotions. Not so much because they can't hack it anymore in the UFC or like maybe they just don't want to be there anymore. Like like you can say Chris Cyborg. She just didn't want to be treated the way she was being treated anymore. She didn't want to be a little she didn't want to be all those things she left she's making she's making the same if not more money in bellator and then the same thing with, with hold on, uh, hold on, stop stop what, the, she's making the same money she was making in the ufc the same or if not more yeah, go ahead and say not definitely more well okay i understand nope. what she's making on her flat purse but on her pay-per-view or on her pay-per-view numbers no not close not are close. you sure john I'm okay. positive. Okay. 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 I'm, I never ever sit here and give a number, just like mm. you don't. Oh yeah. That's yeah. not right. That's not right. Yeah. But it's not close. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, I mean, you should know. You're with, uh, aren't you, with Paradigm? And that's Audi, right? And Audi is the one that manages uh, her. I have, n I have no, no recollection of what you are talking about. Hey, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that makes sense. Uh, well played, John, by the way. Well played. Thank you very much. Smart man. All right, but uh, how do you see this fight going? I'll tell you what. Vitaly Badash is got good wrestling, very good stand-up, got power in his hands. DeRitter does not seem to care about people's power in their hands. He just pushes forward, looks for the chance to get the takedown. He's going to have a hard time getting the takedown against Vitaly, though. Vitaly's Got very good defensive wrestling. He's gone against very good uh, wrestlers in the past and done very well. But if DeRitter does get the, the fight to the ground, he's on a different level when it comes to his ground game than Badash is. So this is one of those either guy can win, no doubt about it, and that's why it's a, it's a title fight. And 
Yeah. It's a really good title fight. It's one with two guys that are really, you know, one's outstanding in a specific area. DeRitter is outstanding on the ground. He is dominating on the ground. And so Badash is better in the stand-up. DeRitter's okay in the stand-up. But one has a superior area to go to where the fight's going to take a different turn if it hits there. Mm. I just look at it. Look at no one has beaten DeRitter. He mm-hmm. has gone through everyone, and he's fought some tough opponents. Right. And you know, winning the you know the lightweight, um, the middleweight, and then the lightweight championship, he did it from the same guy. It's kind of weird. Heavyweight. The light heavyweight. Yeah. But, light, late, that's a big cut. Yeah, yeah that's a big cut. <laughs> but they, there's a difference, so I, not quite the same. But right now... I would tell you that DeRitter is exactly what you're saying. He's one of the top, you know, guys in the world, and, and um, middleweight division is where I would put him, his frame yeah. wise. Yeah. And I think I would love to see him against, you know, some of the other people out there. I just don't know. You know, talking to some people that work out with him and stuff, and we know those people, they talk about how good he is. Yeah. And so. You know, this is an interesting fight as far as can Badash keep it on the feet? Can he piece him up while he's on the feet? How long can he keep the fight on the feet before it does hit the ground? Those are all the questions they're going to tell you who's going to win this fight. Yeah, like you said, but DeRitter, I'm not sure like his size. He's not a big guy, but he's crafty in terms of how he gets the takedowns, how he takes the back, how he gets the fight to the ground. All of those things. He's dealt with big big guys before, so I think he'll be able to handle this just fine. He uses his speed and his ability to get in underneath uh, on the hips and on the takedowns or getting his way to the back. He does a great job of doing all those things. I would I would like to say that that he is definitely an 85-pounder. He's not a 205-pounder in no. terms of size, but he's he had success. A, yeah. yeah, he should be an 85. But he's a fantastic fighter, and um, it should be, I think, like you said, it should shape up to be a pretty good fight, so... All right, guys. Well, that's gonna that's gonna cover our. We covered the main event for the One FC uh, that's happening this Friday night. Remember, hey, just be prepared. There's a, there is a time change, so uh, make sure you guys check that out on your local listings. All right, let's go ahead and move right into Bellator, which is also on Friday night out of Seattle, where it's actually in Tacoma, Washington, but we call it Seattle. <laughs> and um, in terms of this card, this card was shaped up to be really, really good, which Still is why I was wondering. Yeah, no, no, it is. There's no, it's a great card. I think it's a great card. Um, you had, but then what, what I like though, to be honest, John, and nothing, I'm not going to take anything away from the main event because we'll talk about the main event in a second. Okay. Is that we're bringing I, I in somebody. Say. Yeah, we're bringing in somebody, Tofik, who is oh. stepping in on short, not really short notice, a little bit of short notice to fight Sydney Outlaw about, about three to four weeks. Yep. Which, I mean, but you. But I'm sure he's been training. I know he. I know he understands what he has. He's got in front of him. I was able, actually on the phone the other yesterday with Scott Coker because I wanted to know: is this is this guarantee Tofik a title shot? Because Sidney Yellow was supposed to fight for the title against Patricky. Now Tofik's got to win over Patricky Pitbull yep. in Ryzen in the in the finals of their of their Grand Prix finals, mm-hmm. and that. To me, was if you guys can look it up, you guys can find that fight online. That fight, fight was. Awesome. What a freaking fight. They threw down. They stood in the center. Exchange. Both got, I don't know. I wouldn't say that Pitbull got dropped. He got, he got kind of clubbed over the, the side of the head with the forearm and kind of lost his balance. But 
There were some big shots thrown in that fight. He might have got, I don't know if he got sat to his butt or if he just lost his balance again, but in the third round, he kind of was on his on the backside. He kept throwing those body kicks in that fight. Yeah. Hopefully, if they ever do fight again, then he learned from that lesson. And I'm also not sure if he broke his hand in that fight because I noticed he started switching stances quite a bit in that fight if he broke his right hand. But, man, they were slinging leather. It was it had me, me kind of remembering back to some of the old glory days of Pride. And and also in the lightweight tournament for Pride, which was in um, which was in uh, Bushido. Bushido. That was it, it. Had that throwback a little bit to that feeling of these guys were slinging leather. There was yeah. it was a full mixture of everything, of wrestling, of jujitsu. There was a lot going on, and it was just a great fight. Falling out of the ring. <laughs> there was <laughs> a history of that. All, all the all the small little minions on the outside, the Japanese like Trying small little people. minions. Try, trying to catch people or trying to get their arms to unhook the, the ropes. All of those things were all happening. It kind of just gave me flashbacks to the old uh, the old Pride days. But that was a great fight. But now Tafik stepping in against Sydney Outlaw. And I asked Coker, does this guarantee him a shot? And he goes, no, not necessarily. He's like, if he goes out there and doesn't look good, he's like, I can't give him a title shot off that. Now, uh-huh. if he goes out there and, and starches him and there's there's – there's a there's, there's a reason a buzz? to give him one up. There's a buzz. He's like, look, let's go. He looked phenomenal in his fight against Patricky, but will he look the same against someone who's going to wrestle a lot more? Because he started slowing down in that fight a little bit against Patricky towards the end, but he brought the heat and he let it all hang out in the end too. So he's a dog. He's somebody. Tafik is a dog. And I remember John. People had hit me up because I thought for sure that Pitbull was going to walk through that tournament, which he did all the way up until. Yeah, all the main, fights were first until, round. Yeah, up until the main event. Fantastic. I mean, I hope that, they, that this will end up bringing the best out of Pitbull if Tafik wins. But, I mean, Outlaw can't be uh, can't be overlooked. overlooked. Yep. Boom. I, I got to give it to Sydney Outlaw. If you're Think about this. If you're Sydney Outlaw, you have a championship fight sitting there waiting for you. You're, the champion has to pull out due to an injury. What do, what do we see most of the time? The opponent the backs out says, too. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Why am I gonna fight? I, I'll, I'll wait. And and it's not. Not only is he getting a fight, dude. He's getting a fight against a guy who beat the champion, who is a stud in the stand up. His stand up is clean. You yeah. got to really enjoy watching Tofik as far as his technique. He's quick. He's crisp. He throws a ton of combinations. And when you, how many times are you talking all the time about? Don't throw the one and two. Throw the three and four. There's a guy constantly throwing the three, four, five, based upon those are the ones that end up landing and making you know things you know go his way. He's got very good defensive wrestling. I don't know on the ground if he's as good as Sydney Outlaw. I think Sydney Outlaw on the ground submission wise is a better fighter. Mm-hmm. question is, is he going to be able to not only get the fight to the ground, keep him on the ground, because Tofik does a very good job of getting back to his feet. But this is a tough fight for both guys. Both guys, you know, Tofik coming in, first time in the promotion, a lot of pressure. We'll see how he deals with that. Obviously, we've seen him in championship fights like the one against Pitbull, and you know, pressure is definitely not a problem. But when you switch promotions, it's a little bit different. It's a little odd. It's kind of, you know, feels different feeling and stuff and sometimes that gets to guys maybe it won't get to him at all but this dude is a stud and he's fun to watch sydney outlaw's a gamer man he's gonna come at him i look at the sydney outlaw 
he kind of did the same thing. He took that last second fight against Mike Chandler in Japan. You know, mm-hmm. didn't work out for him. But this is a this is one of those ones. Outlaw needs to wrestle. Tofik needs to stand, keep it on the feet. Whoever gets the that element and uh, does it the most is probably going to walk away with the win. That should be a great fight, though. And now let's yeah. go ahead and we'll talk about the main event. I just wanted to talk about that because there was a lot at stake for Sydney Outlaw. The fact that he did step up. And then on top of that, you got Tofi coming in on his debut in Bellator for, against basically the number one contender who was supposed to fight Patriki. There's a lot of pressure on both sides to perform on that night. Now, one is a very good wrestler and a very good grap- uh, grappler and submission guy in Sydney Outlaw. And Tofik is a good anti-wrestler slash wrestler. He's got some good wrestling as well. But he also is very anti-wrestling because he likes to stand and bang and trade. And he's very fast. And like you said, throws punches in bunches, combinations. He's going to have to use that against Sidney Allo to keep him on his back foot, make him take those shots that he does not want to take and be forced to try and stand with him, which is going to be a tough fight for him. Both fights are the both fighters are very, very dynamic in what they do. So it's going to be who can implement their game plan best. That's it. So it should be a good fight. Douglas, uh, Douglas Lima, Lima against the ass kicking machine. I love his name. <laughs> Jason Jackson. This is this is one excuse me. This is one of those fights where you look and you go, I don't see it hitting the ground. I don't see Jason going for a takedown. I don't see Douglas Lima actually going for a takedown. Maybe just to change it up at a certain point, they'll clinch up and everything. They both have outstanding stand up, but they do it in different ways. And it's really the 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 difference maker that I see in this is how often and how soon can Douglas Lima start attacking that lead leg because Jason Jackson does tend to leave his leg out with a wide base and it's out front there and it can get eaten up. Douglas Lima's kick to that lead leg, they're devastating, you know, huge power. He's done a lot of damage to a lot of fighters with it. So Jason's got to be very careful in either trying to check to make it to where it hurts both of them because when you check it's not like oh that that doesn't hurt me then it hurts both of you but it'll slow down how many times lima goes back to it or is he just going to start to eat him and if he starts to eat him that's not a good thing in a five-round fight yeah i'm going to disagree with you a little bit on this i Go agree ahead. with you on the stand-up and the calf kick but i think jason jackson's going to wrestle you think so? Yeah, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna use his stand up, but I think at some point in that first, maybe even the second round, he's gonna really try to look for a takedown. This that's will be a five round fight. That's gonna be a def- main difficult takedown for him to get. You think so? Yeah. Only usually only really good guy wrestlers end up mm-hmm. being able to take Douglas Lima down. Now, I know, like Gegard Mousasi got him down in the first round of their fight mm-hmm. and was able to keep him down after that. Wasn't able to get him back down. Yeah. It's guys like Amazov, a Logan Storley type, guys with that type of wrestling ability can get Douglas Lima down. I used, you know, Brian Stan used to work out with Douglas Lima. That was one of his training partners, and he used to say he was so frustrating in trying to get him to the ground. So yeah. difficult. You know, now Brian wasn't the greatest wrestler in the world, but he's a very good athlete and He'll tell you, man, dude, he's so strong. So it's usually the guys with great technique that can get it there. I know, you know, you can look at Andre Koroshkov was able to do it in their first fight, but Douglas Lima had a, a knee injury, and 
he wasn't able to come back and do that as often when he faced him in the second and third time. So it's a real question. I'm not sure that Jason has the wrestling to get Douglas Lima down. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure he's gonna go into the mix of just like shooting the double legs against the fence. I think he's gonna try to get him off transition. So very much how, how like remember when he fought J uh, Naaman Gracie? Yeah. When he got into the mix, they got to the body clinch, and he was able to like kind of throw him to his back. He kind of like lateral dropped him, or he tripped him, or something along those lines. You can see him getting a body lock and lifting Lima up because he is the taller fighter. You know, getting the lifts on the body lock and taking them down that way. I see that those kind of takedowns. I don't see where he hangs out on the double leg against the fence or the single leg against the fence. I think he's gonna. I think he'd rather stand and trade with Lima in those positions. But I think he will threaten the takedown quite a bit. I think he will in a five round fight. He, it has been proven the way to beat Douglas Lima is to get him taken down. You take him down, yeah. he sometimes will just ex, he'll just accept the position, accept the position from his yep. back. True. And that's that he can't afford to do that. I don't care if J Jason Jackson's a stand up guy. Jason Jackson has proven he can be on the ground with guys like Naaman Gracie. He can be on the ground with other guys that are fantastic wrestlers or fighters. He, he's not afraid of their jujitsu. He's he understands what to do on from the top position. He understands how to avoid submissions. Douglas Lima is mainly a stand up guy. He's got good submissions. He's great off of his back as well. But like I said, he will tend to accept the position and then the rounds just tick away. And as Jason gets one takedown, maybe two, you know, and then it starts to wilt on him. And then he stops trying to get up less and less and less. And the rounds and the minutes just go away. So th that's Good the point. way I look at this fight is Jason Jackson will stand. I think he will stand quite a bit. But I think if he gets for the takedown, he will look for the body lock. Yeah. Now, he won't just go out there and hang on the legs because we've seen lots of guys, even Korshkov. There was moments in the second fight where he spent so much energy in that second fight trying to get those takedowns. Yeah. That he just he gassed himself out, got tired, you know, and uh, and it it just that was wasn't a, fight. wasn't that was third a third fight. fight. Sorry, that was the third fight. You are correct, yeah. but yeah, he gassed himself out and got tired, and and that was just from him hanging on the on the on the legs on the you know carrying Lima's weight. So I think he'll avoid that. Jason Jackson will, and he'll look to punch his way into those clinches, body locks, lifts, sweep, foot sweeps, all of those type of things, you know, lateral drops, all of those things. And it, Lima's just he's not on a. He's what on a four fight losing streak? Yeah, that three, up, at least three fight. I think it's three or four. yeah, it's three. Three. Yeah, so he beat Rory McDonald, and then that was for the Grand Prix Finals, the welterweight Grand Prix Finals, and he hasn't won since. He decided to go up and fight Musasi at one eighty five, which all he had to do was have more output. He output. He probably could have got that win. You know, he had some success with the with the calf kick. I mean, Gegard had to be carried out of the cage. You know, and then you've got uh, Amosov who just out-wrestled him. Yep. Out-wrestled And Amosov right now, I think he's in Austin, Texas. Yeah. he's Yeah, he's, I think he's down there because he's training with a, a friend of mine, Cody Steele. And Cody's a dog on the ground. Good, good jiu-jitsu guy. Great, great jiu-jitsu guy. And I was chatting with him about how good he was on the ground. He's like, oh, he's good. You know, he's got a couple good submissions that he likes to hit from everywhere. One being the Dars. His Dars, yeah. Yeah, the other one being the Anaconda that he likes to hit from everywhere. But you can, <clears> he's also you can, got you, different ways of attacking. You can take a look at that last loss against Michael Page. Yeah. Yeah. He, he got the loss, but a lot of people would say he didn't lose that fight. So Yeah, a yeah. lot of people were saying he didn't lose. I mean, the whole arena, they were upset. and they, We were in London at the time. <laughs> exactly. They, they, were, they were booing Michael Venom Page. So, um, yeah, look, Douglas Lehman, we just got to get him back on track. I mean, once he gets a win, I think he's got to get motivated again. That's what happens when you make a ton of money. 
it's hard to stay motivated. Yeah. You know, people realize how people don't realize how difficult it is to wake up every day going, man, I've got, you know, a couple million dollars in the bank. It's not the easiest thing. Oh, you know what? I'm going to go get punched in oh, the that's face a, that's, yeah. that's rough. It's rough to have a couple million dollars in the bank. Yeah, I, I, you, I, I, God, you God know. forbid. You would know. <laughs> <laughs> John I'll would know. It. Just yeah. sold his lake house. Let's Just be honest. No, cash that's not cow. happening. Cash cow. <laughs> can't you, you can't have a couple million dollars in the bank, man. Miss McCarthy won't. And her Amazon account is full. Hello. <laughs> you just said you just put that entire thing together. You know, yeah. money in the bank, Miss McCarthy. Nope, oh, not going to happen. <laughs> all peaks at the Amazon. Yeah, all Boom, yeah. Amazon. That's uh, so funny. All right, let's go ahead and look at the next uh, next fight on this card. Usman Nurmagomedov against the Lion Chris Gonzalez. I love that. That's a good matchup. Look, it's a dangerous mass up. It's a dangerous matchup for Usman. I was gonna say mass up. Mass up. <laughs> it's it's a dangerous matchup for Usman. Yes. Well, Usman is a is a dynamic striker, and that's weird because people look and go striker. Nurmagomedov. That look, he's a striker. He's got good wrestling. He cannot out wrestle Chris Gonzalez. He's not gonna out wrestle him. Now he can keep himself from being taken down, but. He's Kenny? a guy that wants to be on his feet. Go ahead. Can he? Can he keep himself from being taken down? Oh, I don't. I, I'm not sure he can. Especially like Chris comes from a Greco-Roman background. He was on the national team with Greco-Roman, and when you look at guy Greco-Roman has transferred over into MMA, in my opinion, better than freestyle overall. It's Absolutely. the techniques of Greco-Roman. It's the the body locks. Because of the cage, you know, being able to off-balance people and not having to go down on their legs and take shots and things like that. I do think Chris Gonzalez, if he gets into a clinch area, he'll get Usman to the ground. The question is, does Usman get back to his feet? And how much damage does he take before he gets back to his feet if he does? In the stand-up, Chris has come a long ways. He's not in the same realm as Usman when it comes to the stand-up game, and he needs to be very careful and you know, very, very tactical. Don't extend out. Don't do anything crazy. Be very tight with your defense, and look for your openings to come in. Use your hands to get into that clinch, and then work your game from there. But this is a this is a great matchup for both guys. Look, Usman's fourteen and zero. Chris has got the one loss, you know, and that was one that I think you know. He thought in that fight that was against Yamauchi, he thought, oh, I can be on the ground with this guy and stuff. And there's different you know, no. levels to everything, and your wrestling level is one of those things that most people cannot attain. Well, certain people's submission games are the same thing, and you think you can go with them, and then all of a sudden you're getting caught. But yep. you know, it's uh this is a great matchup overall. To the entire, you know, card in the the main main card is it's dynamite. Yeah. Fun. I mean You've got so Usman good. He's got good wrestling. I'm not sure it's at the level like like when I it's talked not. about Islam, when I talk about Islam Makachev, and I talk about Khabib's wrestling. Their wrestling is another level. Yeah, Usman and his brother Umar, their wrestling is good, but it's not on those two guys' levels. Now their stand up, the the way they throw their Taekwondo style stand up, that karate Taekwondo style stand up, the the 
question mark kicks, side kicks, you know, spinning back kicks, spinning back fists, all of those things they do quite a bit. And they're explosive at it. And they're hard, they're definitely hard to get, they're hard to take down. It's even hard to get in on their legs because of their lateral movement so fast, so quick after they throw, they move real well, or they move and, and they throw while they're moving. So very explosive on the feet. But Chris Gonzalez, I could see this, John, and I'm not saying, I'm definitely not saying Chris Gonzalez is going to win this fight. What I'm saying is I can see a, a fight where he potentially stills two rounds of this fight. Sure. With a takedown, control. Usman's proven that he has he has some difficulties uh, getting back to his feet. And if he does get taken down, that he will sometimes expose his back and rely on his athleticism and his ability to, to wrestle to get out of those positions. I'm not sure how good Chris Gonzalez's jiu-jitsu is. I know his wrestling's good. His striking's yep. come a long way. It's definitely not on the level of, of Usman's striking. No. So if he decides to keep this on the feet, it's going to be a long night for him. If he decides to wrestle, it could be potentially a good night for him, but he's got to make sure that he's not exerting the energy on the takedowns and wasting energy that is leading to nowhere. Yes. And that's easy to get caught up in because there's so much pressure on you to get the takedown, understanding how good Usman is on the, on the feet. So he's got to be cautious about forcing letting Usman hang on him against the fence and forcing those takedowns against the fence he's got to bring him out to the open mat try and get the takedowns out there in the open mat to so Usman can avoid putting his back to the fence and getting back up to his feet John you are correct though this this whole main card is pretty damn good and just I thought this was a little bit too soon for Usman but Khabib Javier Ali all of them they they believe that he's ready for it which I mean I haven't been in the AK wrestling room or the you know in the training room probably in a couple months, so he is if he they've got to be seeing something out of him um, that lets leads them to believe that he's ready for Chris Gonzalez and his wrestling. It's so. it's one of those you got to make a step sometime, and it's not like they're putting him against someone with a ton of experience over him and everything like that. Experience wise, they're close. I mean, Usman's got more fights. But you know what they've done. You got to take a look at the experience of Chris Gonzalez and the national team and all those things. Mm-hmm. It's close, and so I, I think it's a great matchup. Lorenz Larkin against Mohamed Berkamov. Berkamov is good. Yeah, this guy is really good. Yep, he showed me a lot in his first fight against Jalil Willis. His first fight in Bellator. Yeah. Uh, he showed me a lot in that fight. Very relaxed. Dropped, had to, had to deal with some adversity. He got dropped in the first. 30 seconds or whatever it was. He, and uh, he dealt with the adversity, fought his way from the bottom. Jalil made a mistake, tried to jump to the back against the fence. But in that transition, he was, uh, Berkamoff stayed calm, composed, switched the position, got to the top. And it was shortly after that, right to the right to that head and arm. I don't know what you call that submission, but it was a more of like a, it was more of like a side choke, but it wasn't a side choke because it was a front guillotine off to the side. I can't, I don't, yeah. I don't remember. I think what they called. called it a guillotine. Yeah, it's like an arm in guillotine position, yeah. but it was more like off to the side. Well, you tried, uh, if Ryan, you remember, he tried an Ezekiel from, yeah, the, from bottom the bottom there. And he, he, you could see that it was causing problems mm-hmm. for Jalil at a certain point. So it's like he'll pull off all of these different types of submissions. This guy's got power in his hands. He's got good submission game. He's good everywhere. And so this this is someone, man, that you look at and you go, Look out. 
He is tough. Now, Lorenz is a guy, mm-hmm. you know he's going to be a stand-up. He does not take people to the ground. He does not even work that. His whole thing is to stay from being on the ground. Is he going to be able to do that? He's got speed. He is, uh, I'm really glad to see him back at welterweight. Yeah. You know, he's super fast. His stand-up is dynamic. You know, he's got a ground game. He just doesn't use it. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, he does have a ground game. He's phenomenal. He and he's, he's a good anti-wrestler. Yep. Still fast as hell. I think, where did he fight? Did he fight London or Paris? Was he London? I thought I'm not he was sure. Paris. Was he Paris? I was thinking Paris. Paris. Yeah, yep. it was Paris. Anyway, no, no, London was after Paris. Six. Yes. It was. It he was, was in Paris. Six. No, he fought he on the. London. He fought on the uh, Bader Congo card. Bader Congo. Okay. Yeah, Bader Congo was Paris. So then, yes, the, the, yes, okay, it was. Anyways. anyways, we're not going to get into those little tiny details. <laughs> <laughs> but Lorenz, Lorenz is uh, definitely explosive on the feet. He's used to fighting wrestlers, you know. And so, but then Berkamoff will stand. Yes. So he will stand with him. I don't advise him to do it very long because we've seen other guys in the past who were wrestlers that thought they could stand with him a little bit after they slowed him down, and that's not what you want to do. I think because- I think a lot of this you're looking at, if, if you're going to talk about a fight that could closely match this one, you're looking at when Lorenz Larkin fought Koroshkov. Yep. You know, very similar in styles, Koroshkov and, and uh, Berkamoff. So we're going to see. You know, Korshkov had Lorenz in trouble in that fight. Lorenz had Korshkov in trouble in that fight. So this is one that it could go either way. Yeah, I, I think I just look at what Berkamoff has done, like when he did against Jaleel Willis. Who, he got dropped in that fight and had to deal with that adversity. Lorenz is faster than Jaleel. Oh, yeah. He doesn't have the same pop and the power, but he will hit you with three or four punches before you even realize where the hell he's at. You're like, hey, where'd he go? Which one of y'all motherfuckers kicked me? <laughs> which one? You know? Which one you kicked me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so that's that's Lorenz Larkin. Even as he gets older, he's still got speed, and we saw that in his last fight. I'm looking for him to stick and move, do what he normally does, because he's had to fight good wrestlers before. But he's also got to not get complacent with the fact that Berkamoff will stand with him. And we'll trade a little bit with him. Oh, he'll trade with set him. Up his, yeah, just to set up his wrestling. So this will be a good fight. This is a big step up in competition as well for, for Berkamoff yeah. in terms of like name value. All right, next, Davion Franklin versus Marcelo Gohm. Davion the tank, Franklin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude, the dude's strong. He's a monster. Go ahead. I think he's just going to impose his will. I and so walk too. right through Marcelo Gohm. I think I think I, one, I think when Marcelo gets hit by Davion, he's gonna his eyes are gonna open up like holy shit because Davion's got that he's got that black beast Derek Lewis type power. He when he touches people, you see them go oh shit, and yeah. things start falling up the, the the wheels start falling off the cart. But he does need to keep himself collected, and he does need to keep himself off of, you know, the ground and off of his back. He's a very good wrestler, super strong, big power, fast for a heavyweight. He just needs to stay collected, keep himself under control. Don't overextend. Don't try to land the giant shot right off the beginning. Just start touching him. He will have problems just with you touching him, and that will open up that shot that puts things away. But you got to fight smart. Yeah, 
Look, click on Marcelo Gome. Uh, who was his last fight? Sam, uh, was it something, Sammy, something. It's been a while. Billy, Billy Swanson. Swanson. Big Billy sexy. Swanson. Big sexy. Well, big sexy is not the best athlete. athlete. Yes, that Franklin is. No. And big sexy Billy Swanson was able Gave to hit Gome. That's right. Gome doesn't move his head offline a whole lot, and he sure Gome ended up getting the finish. But Billy also took the fight on what? Five or six days notice. Yep. It's very short. Yep. And so it, during when I'm watching Marcelo Gomes fight, he's talented. He's good. He's good all the way around. He will stand. He will trade. He will get the takedowns. He will do all of those things. Davion Franklin, like you said, needs to just make sure he doesn't expose himself by overcommitting or throwing shots and leaving himself out of position. If he can do that, I think because Marcelo Gomes is a little bit slower, he's also not as big as Davion Franklin. He's not a big, big guy. He's no. decent size, but he's not a big heavyweight. No. So when I'm when I'm watching these two side by side on split screens and comparing their athleticism, Davion Franklin. When I'm comparing their power, Davion Franklin. When I'm comparing their speed and their movement, Davion, Davion Franklin. Franklin. Yeah. The strength, and Davion if you Franklin. Go, if you I'm, go to the you know his his three losses are all yeah. against guys that are big guys, yeah. big strong. You know, you, you got Tim Johnson, you got Bilar, who you know you. you Used to train at AKA, and then you've mm -hmm. got Sergey uh, Pavlovich, who's just super long, super big. Yeah. You know, so Davion Franklin, big. You know, two, he's going to come in at two hundred and sixty-four pounds. Yeah, and super strong and fast. And that's yeah, the thing. When Marcelo Gomez, even though even though Marcelo Gomez is a smaller fighter, he's not a fast fighter. No. And so and Davion, Davion will be the faster will, fighter. Yeah, he will have to make sure that. He, I look for him to try and make those transitions off of Davion's swing and a miss. Look for him to lower that level, get it on those legs, try and get – because he is not pressing. He's not going to be able to bully him around and try and push Davion Franklin back. Davion Franklin is going to be pushing him back, yes. making him fight from his back foot. If, Dav if Davion Franklin is there. going backwards in this fight, no, so something happens. Something's wrong. It's yeah. all it's all bad, John. <laughs> and so it's just not going to happen. That should be a good fight. What other fights on this card? Well, if you're looking at the the opening fight on this is, uh, well, it's not. It's I guess I'm sorry. It's the prelim fight. I think I think the Davion Frank. The main event of the prelim prelim fight. Yeah, is Romero Cotton against Dalton Rasta. This is a great <sighs> matchup. They've been trying. Both this athletic. this is a Khabib and Tony Ferguson fight. I think this John. is the fourth time, isn't it? This is the fourth time. Yep. This is one of those ones you look and you go, like Romero Cotton, incredibly strong, super strong, very athletic. He likes to, he likes to yeah. <laughs> eat him up. He's going to have a hard time just eating Dalton Rost up. I do think Dalton is the faster fighter. I know you probably don't because you work with Romero, but I do think Dalton is the faster fighter. They match up very well. The difference, Dalton's stand-up is better than Romero Cotton's. I think Romero Cotton's wrestling might be better than Dalton Rasta. When it comes to submission-wise, I think Dalton Rasta's the better submission guy. But they match up so well. This is this is one of those ones. It's about attitude. Which guy's willing to walk through more fire? Which guy's willing to, to put up with more you know, damage, more pain, and just continue to, to put it on his opponent? That's the guy that's going to walk away with the win. How good is Don Ross off of his back? 
how, how good is, hold, what, how, how good is Romero cotton off his back? He ain't going to be there. Okay. There you go. <laughs> he ain't going like to be that. there. All right. So when it comes to the wrestling pedigree in this situation, Romero Cotton's going to wrestle the shit out of him. Right. Now, will he make himself tired doing that? I don't know. I want to, I haven't seen, I haven't seen Romero this fight and a lot of stuff going on. Plus I closed my gyms. So that being said, I haven't seen him a whole lot this camp. I saw him early in the camp before the gyms were closed because he knew he was kind of fighting this fight. Um, like you said, this fight's supposed to have happened four times and both have gotten injured. Rasa, I think, got injured the first time and then and then uh, Romero got injured the next two times. So this is the fourth time they've made this fight. In terms of speed, I would say, yeah, maybe in the relaxation speed, Dalton Ross is probably the faster fighter. But the more explosive fighter, someone who is like a one of those sleepy guys, He's just real calm, real calm, real calm, and then explodes. I'm gonna give it to Romero. Okay. He's the guy that's gonna throw the one, the one big punch or the one big kick and the one punch right after that. They go for the takedown. He's that guy. It's gonna catch Dalton Rossa off guard how how explosive Romero is at first. Now in the takedowns, I think that right away that Romero's gonna be able to get a takedown. Will he be able to hold him down? I don't know. I'm not sure. It's gonna be tough. If he pushes him to the fence and does and does work, Romero Cotton hits like a fucking tank. That guy no is doubt so it. damn strong, yeah, so he's strong, super strong. And it's like when you when people talk about um, Yoel Romero, and they talk about like, oh, I kicked him, and it was like kicking a fucking steel pole. Very similar type conversations are had about Romero Cotton. You hit him, and like he doesn't move. He hits you, and like it while it like it bounce, knocks you off balance. You kick him, and it hurts you. He kicks you, and it hurts you. There's all those. <laughs> little, they have very similar, almost like very similar conversations about Yoel Romero and Romero Cotton when it comes to like their ability to take shots, not really get hurt and it hurting you more than them when you, when you deliver the, the shots. So when I, when I look at this fight, Don Ross is the more well-rounded fighter, but Don Ross going to have to dig deep because how is he, when he is the nail and not the hammer, all we've seen is him be the hammer. How is he, how will he handle it being the nail? That's what I want to know. Is he the same fighter? We've seen we've seen him have problems in fights. I've seen Romero Cotton have problems in fights, and and normally yeah. it was fatigue. Yeah, it wasn't that they were getting beat up on. They both got tired. They got tired. You know, Romero Cotton in his first fight in Bellator, you talk about a guy who was exhausted and gutted his way through that fight and got a win. You know, you got to be impressed by what you saw because you know he was dying inside. You know, the lactic acid, his arms felt like they were about 3,000 pounds apiece. We've seen the same thing with Dalton Rasta, but we have seen Dalton Rasta change his cardiovascular, and he's much better now. And if there's one thing that I'll give Dalton Rasta right now, I think he's faced the better competition overall, and that that sometimes is is a difference maker. And so we're going to see, again, this is a 50-50 toss-up. I agree. These are both great guys. Both of them are built like brick shithouse. One's called Hercules. We know how strong Romero Cotton, so it's Hercules versus Samson, man. <laughs> but I think I think it's going to overall be a good fight, especially for our main event um, You know, on the prelims. Let's scroll on down. Let's, let's scoot through this thing a little bit. Just You've pick got, one we'll that you want to see. The one that I want to see is... Dun, dun, dun. I mean, I'm going to have to pick two, but... Okay, I want to um, pick two also, but it's okay. But I mean, I'm gonna. I, I have to say Feraldo because Feraldo has been this explosive, dynamic. There he's you everywhere, go, baby. Flying knee knockouts. He's just picking and choosing his shots. 
Something you want to see out of a young talent. I don't understand why he's not closer up to the top. And then the other guy that I really want to see as well is uh, Rachmaninoff. Uh, Rabotinoff. Rabotinoff. He, yeah, he's tough. He's had some great fights. He's a dog, man. And he's someone that he can stand. He likes to stand. He will wrestle, but he can do it all. You know, he also trains out of uh, uh, AKA with uh, Khabib and those guys and all managed by the same thing. But he's a, he's a stud. He's a tough. He's tough as hell. So those are the two fights that I'm looking forward to. I know you have a couple that you want to see as well. I, I had the Roman Feraldo. I love watching him. Guy is dynamic. But the other one is Archie Colgan, who is the first fight of the night. But Archie actually fought a year ago in Sioux Falls, South Dakota for Bellator and slammed his way out of a buggy choke. Yeah. Very impressive. Dude, super strong. Great wrestling. Comes from a great camp. This guy's going to be really good. He's going to be a solid, solid fighter. He's going to be up in the top rankings within a short time. Good fighter. All right. Well, hey, that's going to wrap up our Bellator talk. Oh, you didn't even talk about uh, Ahmed Magmanov, but it's you're, okay. We'll see, right. we'll see him fight on and Friday. And I didn't talk night. about Jalen Bates either, who... Dynamite fighter. <laughs> Dynamite fighter. You're right. Okay, so you guys can watch the prelims of those on U Bellator YouTube or on Showtime YouTube, but up Bellator YouTube. And then you can also watch the main card on Showtime. That is Friday night. Not Saturday, but on Friday night. We will be in Tacoma, Washington. And uh, the fights will be taking place there. Now let's go ahead and move on to the UFC Fight Night 208. Blades versus Aspinall. It's a big step up in competition for Tom Aspinall. How can he deal with the wrestling? How can he deal with the ground up? <clears throat> and Curtis Blades is no slouch on the feet either. People like to give him a hard time, like they used to give Corey Anderson a hard time. They're both good on the. They're both. Oh, good he's on the good feet. on the feet. Curtis Blades is good on the feet, and he's got yes, good wrestling. He, he puts it together very well. There is more of a submission threat though from Tom Aspinall than oh, there no is doubt. Curtis Blades. No doubt about so, that. But you got to get the fight to the ground for that submission most of the time. Yep, this makes for a fun fight though, John. This show is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag brings you all your best betting odds across the world. Make sure you guys use our promo code WAYNEIN at MyBookie.ag. There's a little QR code right there that Podcast Dave is going to put up for you guys. Use that QR code. Go to our site there on the Wayne In. Click in that Wayne In code, and they will give you a little extra spending cash with your first initial to buy. And now look. Most online gambling sites don't let you withdraw your winnings for at least two or three more purchases of using your winnings. MyBookie.ag is allowing you to pull your money out after the very first time you use it. So after you win, use your winnings one time and whatever winnings you have available or even more, you get to pull those winnings out. Go to MyBookie.ag, use that promo code Wayne in. Thank you for supporting us. It's, this is a great matchup and, and I was... When I when I saw this matchup, I was like, "Hmm, who knows something here?" Because let's just be honest: the UFC is all about Tom Aspinall, and they are not about Curtis Blades. That's so mean. I'm just being honest. You take a look at some of the things that have been said. Some of the for a while, the UFC was behind Curtis Blades, and then he had the he had a fight. He even won it when he when he fought Volkov. Mm. Dana was not pleased. Dana was not happy, you know, and then he had the fight with Derek Lewis and he got hit with the uppercut from hell, you know, and went out. That's going to happen when you get hit by Derek Lewis. It's not, you know, anything. But the, he lost his luster with them as far as, oh, is he a top contender? You know that they 
like Tom Aspinall. He does a lot for him. He is well-spoken. He has the you know UK market there. Everyone there loves him. He fights well in all ranges, and he's not a guy that you know creates any kind of friction for him or anything like that. They, the, where is this fight taking place? Okay, and it's not like you you know Aspinall will probably come out first because he's he's not ranked above Blades, but I'm just saying. The UFC would be very happy with Tom Aspinall winning this. And so I'm looking saying, I think they believe that he will win it. I think they believe that in the end, he's going to get a win here. I think Curtis Blades definitely has the ability to beat him. And yeah. where he does have the ability to beat him is exactly where you said Aspinall is superior in the submission game. You've got to, you got to not, don't fear that submission game. What you have to do is you have to put him in positions where you are doing damage to him where the submissions just aren't even available based upon he's too concerned with defending than he is to try to be offensive and lock up a submission. And Curtis Blades wrestling is damn good. He is a damn good wrestler. He's got good stand-up. I think, I think in the stand-up, they're very close to being equal, you know, but I think wrestling wise, it definitely goes to Curtis blades and submission wise. It definitely goes to Tom Aspinall. So this is one of those fights you take a look and you, each guy can win. I think Curtis blades, if he fights a smart fight in using his wrestling at times to put Aspinall down and just avoid the submissions, put damage on him while you're not being damaged. That's your route to victory for Tom Aspinall. You know, I don't see him shooting a takedown that he's going to get the takedown on Curtis blades. I think he's got to actually, Touch Curtis, hurt him in the stand-up. With that, he's on the ground in the top position and things are not going to be going well for Curtis. Well, you said it right off the bat um, that Tom Aspinall is is a key person for the UFC. Yep. Michael Bisbing has now gone to commentary. Darren Till is not active as active as they would like him to be. Patty Pimlet coming up. Can. Yep, pa Patty Pimlet coming up. Sure, maybe he's potentially a star. He is a star. You got Molly McCann, who's also pretty much a star, but based off of her last fight, some of her previous last couple fights, fights. For, she's doing yeah, good. Yeah, so she's she's been doing well. Um, but Tom Aspinall, they're looking for that heavyweight, someone who could really push them. Uh, Cyril Gone, right? He's from isn't France. he from the? But he's from France. France. But I thought he was living in the in uh, the in uh, no. The, okay nope. anyways nope. <clears throat> all right well so that's still another market they're trying to hit but with tom aspinall this is a market to help replace michael bisbing to help replace darren till kind of slide him in there and also to at the heavyweight division it's easy to get behind him he's got a whole country behind him very marketable still young understands where his place is he's not out here talking shit to the ufc going oh i'm the heavyweight i deserve this this and this and yep you know, and, and a lot of heavyweights tend to do that because they'll they think they're just oh I'm the greatest because I'm the heavyweight, you know. And so the fact that he he originally wanted to slow play all of his yeah, fights, he like, did. You know, I mean, a little bit more time, so he understands what's at stake. He understands how good he can be or how good he is, and there's no rush. There's no rush to get to the top because once and you he get to is the top, getting better. Yeah, he is. There's no rush getting to the top because once you get to the top, there's nowhere to go but down. Only killers. So he. He slow played this. This is a big fight for him. It's a big step up in competition. Can Curtis Blades wrestle him, though, for five rounds? 
That's the question. And heavyweights have a tendency. Now, look, you can say how good a wrestler is, but all heavyweights, outside of for me, outside of for Cain Velasquez, couldn't wrestle for five rounds. I've never seen a wrestler. I've never seen a heavyweight that could wrestle for five rounds. It was called Randy Couture. Yeah, yeah. Would yeah. you call Randy a heavyweight though? He was. I know he was, but he wasn't really. He was. A, <laughs> I'm not he was a hybrid he was before a, hybrids. Yes, he was. Yeah, he was a hybrid, but that was Cain Velasquez. Also, he was a yes. hybrid before he was a hybrid. Like yeah. he was a hybrid before he was a heavy. He's 238. But the thing with Randy, Randy could go up to you can go down to 205 and yes. back up to heavyweight. Kane could never make 205. Randy was never more than 225. That was the heaviest he ever was. Really? Yeah. I would have thought he was like 235. Some no. at the most. No. Interesting. Man. But I look at Tom Aspinall is they the UFC I think feels like they know something. Maybe they've sent people to watch him train with other mm-hmm. heavyweights yep. and they've seen what Curtis Blake can do and you know probably watching him train with all the with all the video footage. They probably take it. I think I really believe that the UFC studies some of that video footage and they sure listen they do. to what some of some of the people have they want to know where you're at. Want to know what what goes on through your mind, you know, mentally. And they talk to I think some of the production team that do those those uh 24 sevens and Josh, you can't, whatever. you can't put your money behind every fighter. You can't do no. it. You've got to be smart about it and say, all right, here's the guys that we're looking at. Which ones do we put the money behind and market? Mm-hmm. And then the fighters, you know, through, through tr- training scenarios, through their fights that they put on in the cage, they're going to, you know, rise to the top and the, the money's going to go that way as far as marketing. And that's what you're seeing with Aspinall. Yeah. It's that, the, the you can't if you're the UFC that's the only way for you to do business you know you can't do it you can't put your money behind everyone no but you got to put your the what the UFC has done which i, I baffles me that some other promotions haven't fucking figured this out put your money behind the star from every country because whoever you believe is going to be a star from that country put your money behind them yeah that i don't i don't it just baffles me that other promotions haven't caught on to this yet like, okay, look, you have a guy like in Tom Aspinall who's from the UK to replace Bisbing. You know, and it started off with Connor, brought someone in from Dublin. They knew it was a fight market. They just hadn't found one that was really that person. What was uh, Marcus Davis? But he wasn't from Ireland. He was, Marcus Davis is from Boston. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I'm saying, though, but he always tried to promote the Irish. The Irish hand grenade. Right? Yeah, yeah, he always tried to hit that Boy, market, but there was re- nothing there. If you recall, when he fought in Ireland, mm-hmm. they wouldn't let him use his nickname. He had to change it. <laughs> Oh wow! Yeah. So then you have you know I mean like but they were there were fighters that have tried to hit that market and there was no one that came out of there except for you know for um for Conor McGregor so like they find people from each market to help put their money behind sure you know they they did the same thing with a couple of the Chinese fighters they did oh, the yeah. same thing with uh, one or two of the fighters out of Australia we just watched Lee who he was not that good. No. When the UFC signed him, I mean, they signed him back in what 2014, I think it was his first fight. Like, he wasn't that good a fighter, he was not ready, and they knew that. And they put him against talent that he could compete with, and now they got a real fighter, yeah. And you just got to keep going to these countries trying to find the, the, the talent that you have there. The UFC is going back to Sweden. You want to know why? There's a ton, a ton of good fighters in Sweden right now that are just waiting to be picked up by a bigger promotion. There's tons of them there. Yep. I'm baffled by the fact that we don't see more uh, South African fighters. They've got they've got a promotion down there. I don't remember the name of it. EFC. Something. EFC. Yeah. 
Yeah. They've yeah. got a ton of good, good South African fighters out of there. Yeah. And that promotion sells out almost every single time. 18,000 fans in these arenas. I'm surprised we don't see more of their fighters, you know, on the, in the bigger stage. Yeah. The, these the UFC's done a great job of picking their their fighters from different countries and help building around them and then getting those fans to start buying their pay-per-views, start buying, you know, or start buying whatever their TV network is over there to make sure that they get viewership. Other promotions haven't caught on yet. You know, I mean, like, if you take a look, Bellator's still not available in South America in some areas. I've got people like, hey, man, well, how do I watch in, how do I watch in Peru? How do I watch in Chile? I'm like, good question. Get a VPN and try and watch through YouTube. I don't know. I don't know how to tell you. Like, yeah, try to watch through YouTube. That's all I can tell you. Uh, you know, and that goes for other promotions as well. I like, still trying to scramble around how to watch one. It's a pain in the ass. Yeah. You know, and I used to work for them, and I still, to this day, don't know how to fucking view them unless they're on TNT or other, you know, stuff. You got to try and find bootleg stuff online. It's a pain in the ass, but it's it's uh, it's going to be something that these promotions got to figure out. All right, next. What's the next fight on this card? Jack Hermanson versus the Action Man, Chris Curtis. This is the Action Man coming in, uh, not last second, but coming in He's, on yeah, late Yeah, he just notice. fought, though. Yeah. He just fought. Yeah, he did, but... It's that, did you peak, and now you're trying to drop off and, and try to get that peak back, and you can't reach that same level? I don't know. It's a, This is a good fight in the fact that Hermanson on the ground, he's very good, very dynamic. You know, doesn't have that uh, real uh, lineage of, oh, he's this, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy. Dude, the, the dude's submission game is top-notch. Mm -hmm. He's good, but... Does he have the wrestling ability to take Curtis down and keep him down? Curtis is very good to getting back at his feet, and he just starts to wear on you and, and wears you out, but Hermanson's got a gas tank, and we've seen that in the past. So interesting fight, interesting matchup between the two. Hermanson's coming off of a loss. Uh, he's got he's to work his way back towards the win. Uh, Chris Curtis is on a roll right now. He's got confidence. Well, I think I really believe the reason why Chris Curtis took this fight is you know he worked a ton of takedown defense to fight Rodolfo Vieira. Sure, a same thing. Ton, and so he understood that this is the same exact fight. I don't have to change anything. <clears throat> Keep working on my takedown defense, letting my hands go, making him pay every time he doesn't get the takedown. I think Jack Hermanson, the confidence is not what it is. Whereas Curtis, not where it was. Curtis, yeah, his confidence it was. And Chris Curtis's confidence is through the roof probably right now. Because when you look at Jack Hermanson, <clears throat> the threat of the jiu-jitsu and the, and the submissions versus Adolfo Vieira, not even close. Adolfo Vieira's submissions, way better. Now getting the fight to the yeah. ground. Oh. Look at it. Stop. Hold on. I, I'm going to tell you straight, straight out right now. Yes, Adolfo Vieira is the better jiu-jitsu player, especially in a gi. And if they even rolled non-gi, I would go with Vieira. You're right. But in an MMA fight, Jack Hermanson has pulled off more submissions. <laughs> Guy's <Yeah>. good. <clears throat> Jack Hermanson will be able to pull off more submissions because Jack Hermanson got better wrestling than Rodolfo Vieira. Okay. That's why. No, you can't get I submissions. agree with you. It's a lot harder to get submissions if the fight doesn't hit the ground. There you go. But Jack Hermanson's also not coming off win. He's coming off losses. And so True. the fact that Chris Curtis is coming off wins, the confidence and the ability to stuff two, one or two takedowns, I think it'll start to wear on Jack Hermanson. His mindset won't be the same. So 
Chris Curtis, if, if he comes in in shape and stuffs one or two of those first takedowns in a three-round fight, I'm going to lean towards Chris Curtis. Yeah, Nothing I against agree. Hermanson at all. No, 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 but no. on the feet, Chris Curtis has got the bigger power, and he, he's got, the I think, the faster hands, and he's comfortable on his feet, throws everything from a relaxed position, and he's just trained for someone who understood that is bigger, stronger, and not great wrestling, but that definitely a threat on the ground and understood what it took to get that win. Never selling on the bottom, never like establishing and just saying, hey, okay, I'm going to take this position, concede that I got taken down. He never did that in that fight. He's got to do the same exact thing against Jack Hermanson. If he does that against Hermanson, I think he gets the win. Yeah. <clears throat> Patty Pimlet against Jordan Levitt. <laughs> I, like oh, Jordan man. Levitt's a good fighter. People don't people don't give this guy credit for being a good fighter, and he does the little twerking thing and the the oh splits and stuff at the end. You know you love his twerking. No, oh, jeez, podcast Dave it. does. Tea bag, <laughs> give him a tea bag, baby. I think you know the UFC in here. Look, you, you know who they're leaning towards and who they want to win the fight, and yeah. Patty's got the ability to do that. The guys that do well against Patty are guys that can wrestle. Guys that can take him off his feet, put him on the mat, and beat him up on the mat. Jordan, I don't think, is that guy. Jordan is a guy who's got good submissions, but he doesn't have great wrestling. And so it's going to be tough for him to get Patty down there. He might. Uh, Patty's good at defending when he's on his back. You're taking a look at this as the fight goes on. I think Patty gets stronger. Jordan's not going to be as strong, and that might be the difference in it. Um, the only way that I see Levitt getting this fight to the ground is Patty will leave himself out of position because he overextends on his combinations. He throws heat. He's one of those young, reckless stand-up fighters. You know, just like ah, I'm faster than you. I'm more explosive than you. I think he's going to be better a lot than bigger you. than I'm better than you. But I think he's going to be a lot bigger also than Levitt. Really? His size and his body frame, I think he's going to be a lot bigger than Levin. I don't think so. We'll uh, see when they face off. We're going to see. Uh, but I, I think he is. And I want to know, though, all of this weight cutting and getting your weight down, how much time I feel like he gets Patty Pitt. And this is not a knock on him at all because it happens to a lot of young fighters. We've seen it before in the past. Sure. They put on easy. so much it's weight. It's easy taking yeah, the weight off when you're young. Well, I'll give you an example. Anthony Rumble Johnson, he's a friend of mine. Close, close friend of mine. He spent how he spent his whole camp trying to get his weight down, so he never really got any better. Because yeah, you're but so it, focused but he was on also, losing weight. He was also getting his weight from 220 pounds down to 170. Yeah, did you Lose, see pictures of Patty Pimlet? Losing 50 pounds. He's, he's not he's not 50 did pounds. Did you see pictures of him? He was 220 pounds in his fucking he, cheeks, John. He puts <laughs> he puts a little he puts a little weight on in his face. A little. It's the haircut. It frames it. That's why. No, no, no. You keep telling yourself that, buddy. The fucking Scouser's face looked like a fucking Scouser. Scouser. This guy. His face looked like a big ass dumpling. <laughs> so just. <laughs> it was so big. But, it, 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 okay, it was a little like, round. It was a little round. I'm a big. I'm a big fan. That's a big because fan. he's friends with Meatball Molly, and he wanted yeah. to give her that feeling of Meatball Molly. Don't look that. She don't look no, that big. In I'm not the saying. Season. I'm not saying. Does he's using her nickname? Is his face is a little round like a meatball? That's true. That's true. Um, 
Look, he's talented. He's he is. I love the fact that he's a little reckless because that's what makes it exciting. Um, he leaves himself out of position a lot. If Levitt's going to get a takedown, it's going to be because Patty Pimlet overcommitted on a strike or you know was trying to yeah, go reckless with throwing knees to the head, something like that, and he gets taken down and gets to gets taken down. But I think he'll work his way back up. I don't see Levitt being able to submit him. I don't think Patty's the best jujitsu guy, but he's good. Yeah, he's very talented. He's aggressive off of his back with his submissions. <clears throat> He's really good at getting back to his feet. And on the feet, there's no doubt, Patty Pimlet's the better striker. Now, Patty's a good striker. His defense is just not the best, as we've seen in those last Because he fights. opens himself up. Yes, he does. But Jordan Levitt, though, does not have great striking. It's not good. No. I, would, he, I wouldn't say it's, – it's, it's, John – I'm going to say not, this nicely. He, he's not, not the dangerous counter striker that you need to be to, to, to create problems. Yeah. There right. is a threat though on the ground. There is, you know, what's his name? The monkey something. The, oh, Jordan Levitt. His, Levitt? No, his oh. nickname is what? I don't know. What are they? Isn't it the monkey something? I'm waiting for it to load the monkey king. He's yeah, the, the monkey mo king. The monkey. The monkey king. king. <laughs> That's his name. <laughs> I saw John get nervous there, like Josh. What did you just say? Yeah, I was like, I'm not even. <laughs> so going what are you there. doing, bro? They made you. They made them change the name from Monkey Pox. What did you just say? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, jeez. <clears throat> no, his uh, the Monkey King. Okay. Um. No, it's a. Uh, it's good. Like he is someone who's I think on the ground is going to give. He'll give Patty some threats, but I don't. He's going to have a hard time getting the fight to the ground. Yeah. We'll see how that fight all works out. Alexander um, Gustafsson coming back against Nikita Krylov. That's that's a good fight. I it really is, but it's a tough fight. It is a tough fight, but it's at light heavyweight where I think Alexander Gustafsson needs to be. Mm -hmm. uh, in the stand-up, uh, Nikita's good in the stand-up, but yeah. Alexander's also very good, and he's long, and he uses his length well, and... If there is a place that we've seen with Krylov that he starts to to wilt a little bit, it's under pressure when he's the guy on the bottom in the ground, and somehow, some way, I can see Alexander getting him down to the ground and being in the top position. But this is one of those. This is a, a quality matchup at light heavyweight. I would I like seeing Alexander back at that weight, and I'd, I'd like to see him uh, do well. Long time off. Being a homer. Yeah, I know, but it's a long time off. It's hard to come back. You saw yeah. some ring rust when he took this amount of time off from last time and he came back. He didn't take this amount of time, but he took a lot of time off. He had segments there where he wasn't fighting as active as many, as much as he was before. Yeah. <clears throat> and that being said, he wasn't getting any better. And as he got older, um the you know, the activity, the speed, the the um the output wasn't there. Yeah. So hopefully in this fight, I think like he, I think he had done some interviews saying, "Hey, I'm coming back because he missed it, and the motivation was there again." And you've seen this from fighters, right? That's they just don't love that, it anymore. That, that's the reason to do it. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. Like you know, we we see Cowboy did his uh, his post fight interview. Just said, "Look, I don't love it anymore." Yeah, the excitement of going to the gym. And is he not doesn't. There anymore. That's okay. Yeah, and 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 Alex lost that feeling as well. So when he lost that feeling, and now after you know what, it's been 18 months, maybe even longer. When was the last time he fought? 2020. 2020. So, yeah, yeah. So two, oh, two years. So, um, yeah, two years. So, like, it's that feeling of, man, two years away. I haven't had to really – I'm sure he's been active because a lot of fighters have a hard time just leaving the gym. They sure. stay in. They just keep 
hitting the bag. They keep kind of like doing some light touch sparring, hitting pads with their trainers. Like that, that wasn't me. As soon as I said I was retired, man, I fucking didn't go back to the gym at all. I was like, this sucks. I'm not going back. Like, <laughs> I'm over this. Some fighters have a hard time doing that because it's been part of their routine for so long. Well, Twice a day, you're in the gym hitting mitts. It's also having something else to go to. Cowboy, who says, you know, like, I just don't love it. He's falling in love with the acting part. He's doing very well with it. I just watched him on uh, the terminal list with Chris Pratt. Oh, he, he was that in that. Right he was in that for a second as a, as one of the security guys and had a nice fight mm. scene. Did really well, but he lost that one too. Yeah. <laughs> well, of course Give he lost some, that one. Predetermined. It's like He's, Dave's WWE. Predetermined. I can see him playing those title parts the rest of his career. Look that was at great. That. What was what was the one guy? Uh, oh gosh, the one that fought Hansel Gracie. Uh, uh, Russian guy, Igor. Oh, uh, is it Igor? no, no, Oleg. No, no, Olaf Tiktarov. Not Olaf, Oleg. He's in. Oleg. He was Oleg. in. Uh, he's in a show. I just he's saw him too. He was a Russian hitman. Yeah, he's in yeah. a lot of shows. Yeah, he's been in a lot, a lot of shows. Yeah. yeah. Um, look, you fight the right parts for yourself. You'll be active. You'll be busy. Stay. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep making a little bit of money here on the side. I mean, you get. You know, I, was, I, I did NCIS. Just LA. say the name residual. In, yep, in Strike Force, I still get checks from them to this day. Still get checks. I got a check. I got a check probably about a year ago. Hello, friends. I want to say for like twelve dollars. What do you mean a year ago? <laughs> Hello, friends. God bless what? that series, friends. Oh, you got you get you still getting checks from them, dude? Almost every month. Oh, really? Oh no, mine was a year ago. It's the best. I get, I get them random. I get yeah, them but see, NCIS is not. It, like, friends yeah, is LA, yeah. syndicated yeah. everywhere, man. Yeah, thing this is, is crazy. This is true. All right, what else? What are the fights on this card? I look Paul Craig against Ozdemir. You, you miss Molly him. McCann. You miss Molly McCann. Oh, you cannot I talk it. about Molly McCann. Excuse me, Paul Craig against Vulcan Ozdemir is a fight that I look forward to seeing. Can Paul Craig again pull off a submission? Now, you want to talk about Molly? Go no. Molly. No, no, no. I just want to give my girls. I just want to give my girl some love, man. Okay. You know I love Molly McCann. We, I can't give. I, I can't know. walk past her or see her from across the room without running up and giving her a hug. No, she's, that's uh, her. She's that's her running up, giving us hugs. She's a sweetheart. Yes. Either way, look, the, it's going to be hard. I want her. I hope that she settles down early in this fight because it's going to be hard for her to repeat what happened last time. Yes. And there's going to be a lot of pressure. She, I hope she doesn't put the same amount of pressure on herself to do the same thing. Don't force it. Fight your fight. If the opportunity presents itself, seize that moment, capture it, get the win. But don't look just for that because it happened. You see it too many <laughs> times where fighters try to do what they did and replicate what they did replicate. in a fight. Every fight is different. No reason to go out there and try to replicate what happened in the last fight. If it happens, it happens. Okay, but don't chase it. Don't. Otherwise, you're going to see yourself fighting from behind trying to hit something that's not there fight your fight girl she's there she's a dog yeah. i hope she gets it done but she's uh i'm a big fan big fan what else any other fights on this card go to bring it up because there's one at the bottom that i really think is going to be a good fight go ahead there you go and where is it oh muhammad mokayev against charles johnson mokayev flyweight fast exciting from England, uh, this this should be a really good matchup. Charles Johnson is 
fast. He's fun to watch. We'll see how Muhammad does in front of his fans with a little bit more pressure. He, he did. A, he had a great first fight against, um, oh, man, I can't think of his name, wrestler from Georgia, Cody Durden. And uh, got a quick win, so we'll see if he can pull that off again. Same as you're, same as you're saying, don't try to replicate it. Yep, yep. All right, guys. Well, hey, that's going to wrap up our UFC talk. Let's get in a little bit of news there, podcast, Dave. So um, so I have one story for you guys to cover um, on this show. And I know that it sounds like a tired subject, but it (laughs) brings in views. So we're going to talk about it. Um, So over the weekend, um, Dana White kind of responded to this whole thing about uh, a bit. He basically, like, he was getting... Uh, prodded by reporters about the Nate Diaz thing, asked basically being asked to respond to the Nate Diaz interview with Aero Hawani. Um, and one of the interesting things that Josh always talks about is um, how the UFC technically can't hold you hostage. And Dana White used these words we can't hold you hostage because we have to fight you three times a year or we have to pay you. And so, and so he said, without saying it, he said, I'm offering him fights, obviously, and he's not accepting them. Um, and so I want to get your take on that and kind of how how we obviously know the UFC can manipulate that because we know they can. Um, but the other piece as well is that um, it's been reported by somebody at ESPN that Diaz's contract actually expires in November. So um, as of then, he may be a free agent anyway. Um, and so he might not even have to fight. Um, so just overall thoughts between those two things. All right, first off, they can't hold you hostage as far as sitting there saying, oh, we're not going to offer you a fight. They have to offer you. The, you In your contract, normally, generally, usually, it doesn't mean it's every contract is the same, but it is they will say, well, we will give you three fights per year. Now, that doesn't mean that that stays with every fighter there is, but that's the general. And, and I, I can't say that Nate says that, that it's three fights. It might be two fights. But they will offer you that fight. If you, for any reason, you say no to the fight, you say yes to the fight, then have to pull out of the fight, and your contract gets extended because they did their part and no, they don't owe you any money. If they do not offer you a fight, then yes, they do owe you what your contracted next fight as far as pay would be. They owe you that pay because they didn't offer you anything. All that's true. There comes a point where every contract will end. There is an end game to everything. And it could be that his is in November. Now, if he doesn't fight his way um, for them before that, and his end game comes that no matter what, come November, his contract is null and void and gone, then that's, that could be true. But when Dana is sitting there saying, look, I've offered him fights. Dana's not lying. He's offered him fights. And he knows that Nate has turned some of those fights down. Now, when he offered those fights, that I can't say. He knows. Nate knows. You know, it could be that you know he he hasn't offered him a fight in the last six months. That's possible. Okay, he's got to offer him three fights a year. That's the norm. So those three fights that he offered him, that you know he he could have he could have offered him two fights in February and March, and then April, May, June, July, August, September, he doesn't offer him anything. It's very possible. 
He's just got to offer him the three fights in a year. So you can end up sitting for a while. Yeah, and you got to remember that every time he offers him a fight and Nate says no, it extends his contract. Extends so it. the contract's saying November, that doesn't mean shit. <clears throat> now, maybe it does expire because now he said he's available to fight. Like I was, I tried to break this down to people a while back. If Nate says they offered him Chamayev, let's say they offered him Chamayev, like, let's say January 20th, and Nate said no. <clears throat> but then two weeks later, Nate said, hey, I'm ready to fight. That now activates your contract again. But they can extend you without offering you another fight for, like, I believe it's four to six months. They can extend your contract. I think it's four months. So if Nate came back and said, hey, I'm ready to fight, now that I think that wipes out. So now it's extended just for two more weeks. It's not extended for the full four months. They didn't offer him a fight. Now they have to legally offer him a fight. And if they offered him another one, say, in March or April, okay, then now if he says no, that extended it until he comes out and says publicly, hey, I'm ready to fight. Why are they not fighting me? Then however long that took him, two weeks, a week, whatever it was, now that extended your contract another week. So maybe his contract is sometime, sometimes up in November, sometime in November it's up. But I don't think that they're going to schedule him all right now. They're not offering him any fights. They don't want him fighting during the, during the summer. I, I don't no think views it, during the summer. It doesn't quite work that way when you say activate. I think there's a 90-day period. Is there? If they offer you that fight and you turn it down, they have 90 days to come back with another fight. You turned it down. That's the extension on it. Now, mm -hmm. they you say I'm ready to fight, and they go, "Okay, we're looking," but they don't yeah. have to. Come, they don't have to come with that offer. So, okay, I will. I, I do. I do believe I've read something like that in my contracts where yeah. it was like that. So there is that 90 day period. So they can extend you for those 90 days, though. Yes. So Absolutely. they'll drag you out. They'll drag you out for those 90 days. Now, I don't think that they've been offering him fights right now because they don't want him to fight during the summer, September, or October. Look, the they want one fight from him. Fights. They want one more fight. And, and, and you know what fight that is? Conor McGregor. Hello. And, what, and the, their biggest problem is really not, it is Nate, but it's, Conor's not ready either. Yeah. You know, and, and when is Conor going to be ready? And then but, can they get it together? And... For the most part, Nate has said, I don't want to fight him again. Yeah, but John, so, can, I don't here's know the thing. Do you, do you really want Nate running off with a win over Connor? If he gets one. I think he does. Okay. No, you don't want that, but. But that's what's going to happen. It's possible. I, I think. I, I think, think it's possible. Because he's been more active. He understands what would be at stake. He understands that like a win over Connor and then runs off to fight Jake Paul up to his value to say, hey, Jake Paul, pay me more. I just beat Conor McGregor. I don't I, think that that'd be a smart move by the UFC to have him fight Conor McGregor. I just don't think. I Don't be wrong. I want to see the fight. I know yeah. you want to see the fight. I know yeah. everyone out there, I if you're going to have one last fight for Nate Diaz, leaving the UFC, I want that fight. Hello. But if I'm the UFC, I'm not making that fight. I think because that's there's the fight a, they want to make. There is a very good chance that Nate Diaz beats him. And not like the first two times. I think he finishes him like how Dustin finished him. Well, he, I think oh, he puts him away in the second he or did, third round. He did, he did finish him in the first fight. No, I get it. But I'm saying no, I think he finishes him on the feet. First fight, he finished him on the ground. You know, he, finishes he, made, him he, on he the actually feet. made, yeah, he finished him on the feet. I think he outboxes him. I think he touches him up. I think, I think that Connor is not the same fighter with the distance, the range, all of those things that he was when they fought the first two times. John Connor Tom lit him up. In the, what's that? 
I said, John, tell him how crazy he is. <laughs> I I, I really look. He, the the real question for me when it comes to Connor is this: Look, Connor's still a phenomenal athlete. He's very good. He's a good fighter in the stand up. He's got a lot of tools that he 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 uses and uses well. Timing, distance control, all those things, beautiful, dude. He, you know, every fight that he had against Nate has been a, at 170 pounds. And he didn't have any problems getting to that 170 pounds. He's going to have a hard time getting to that 170 pounds. He is thick right now. And by losing all of that, how's that going to affect his performance since he hasn't been fighting? That's the real question is weight loss wise. He's going to, he's going to have a a hefty amount of weight to have to bring down. He's got to be 190 pounds. John, he's, he's always struggled with cardio. Uh-huh. He's always struggled with it. Yes. This will be, I wouldn't, I'm not sure it'll be a main event. I can't imagine it not because it's Connor. Come on, right? stop. You're not sure this is going to be a main event? I don't know. The, do you, do you I think, guess, look, if, if you're Do you if think the that UFC, they want this to be a three-round fight? It do would you favor think they Connor. Want, it would do you favor think Connor they want it to be a three-round round fight? It I'm not saying it wouldn't. More. I, first off. Let's I'm, take look, I'm, I'm the, looking at take Connor I'm t- out of I'm the looking equation. at it as a promotional. I'm looking promotional. at it as a promotional view. They don't, as the they promotion, don't want as this the, to be a three-round fight. As a promotion, you first off, you don't want Connor losing, which I think he's going to lose. Second is you don't want him definitely getting his ass kicked for five rounds. Okay, and then like well, you'd rather have him in a three-round. Round. If it was the main event, he would. No, he'd probably it's get knocked out by the second or third. It's a five-round fight. Yeah, he'll get finished in two or three. You are correct about that. Now, if if I look, if you want any chance of Connor winning, it'd be a three round fight. Any chance? That's it. I think he he could still rounds one and two from Nate Diaz. Can he survive round three? That's the question. I, look, he's not. You're, he did in their last going fight. Back, every, he was a different fighter. What do you mean he's a different fighter? John, you just said he's fat now. He's thick. He has no lateral movement. You're just being a fucking troll right now. I, I swear to God. You're working. being a podcast, Dave. I want to punch you. I have learned. I want to be, I want to punch you in the Josh, mouth the right now. No. This is crazy you, what you're saying right now, man. No, it's get, not. Read the comments Dave, later. Dave, oh my Dave, gosh. Dave, calm down, buddy. Calm down. Okay, you one day at Alta doesn't make you a world beater. Calm down. Okay? <laughs> calm down. He's got his little Taekwondo style gloves on and stuff. Sends me a picture of him with baby oil on. Now all of a sudden he's telling me I'm a troll. Jeez, buddy. You're um, hard right now. I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna have Lincoln smack you. Keep around in mind today. that Connor beat Nate in five rounds in the second fight. So that's right. Yeah, you're, but you're trying to tell me that 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 Connor McGregor is the same Connor that fought him back then. That's no, absolutely not true. No, he's not. Shut and up. And Nate's old shut, and shut down. You uh, shut your Nate's whore old mouth. And buddy. Down. <laughs> old and slowing down. Have you not seen how slow Connor McGregor is right now? God, I want to strangle you through this damn microphone. <laughs> the one, the one nuts. thing that I love that I have seen from Connor, I will and. I'm going to give praise to it. Where is he right now? He's been back at SBG where he belongs. Connor, and I, I said it before, I said it in front of you, and I said it to his management. Connor cannot be in control of his own training. That is a huge mistake, and that will get him a loss, and it has done so. If he goes back to SBG, could be different possibility okay but look look <laughs> no here's the thing is it takes you so long to build up 
not just the endurance, but the the shin strength, the hands, the mobility, the movement, all of those things he worked countless hours on to be as good as he was during that Eddie Alvarez fight. Okay. When all of that action happened, he was working tirelessly to get to that level. That's right. He is not working at that level now, I, John. What did I just talk about? I get what you're I saying. I just talked I, about I, that. No, what that's I, what no, I'm saying. What I'm saying is that he's he, he doesn't have the movement that he has. He doesn't have the speed that he had before. His weight now is too big. He's going to have to cut the weight down to get to 70. He will not be... We saw in his last couple fights with uh, Dustin. He's flat-footed. He's a flat-footed boxer. That is not going to work against Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz will out-punch him, out-put him, all of those things, out-cardio him. Nate will fight him at range. Nate will get hit, sure. He may get hit a couple oh, times. That's what get Nate hit Diaz does. Nate Diaz does that. He takes shot to give a shot. He'll take two shots to give you one. But he will pepper you, and by the second round, Conor McGregor will be out of gas and face down, ass up, looking up at Nate going, hey, how'd I end up here like he did against Dustin? I, I, look, you can say what you want about Conor, what he's done before in the past to help build this sport. I give him all the props in that area. But at the end of the day, he's not the same guy. He's not, and he won't be the same guy ever. Money's changed him. The exposure's changed him. The exposure has changed him. He's not the same guy. Nate Diaz will beat him. And that, I don't think, and as a promotion, you don't want to allow him to walk away, Nate Diaz, okay, with a win over Conor McGregor. And I think the only way for Conor to I get a win is in a, three round, in a three round fight. That's the only yeah. way Conor wins. He can still rounds one and two, maybe, but not three. I want you to think about this. Your man, Khabib. Says his toughest fight was against who? I don't know. Says Connor, that was his toughest fight. What do you mean you don't? Oh, know? I didn't hear him. I didn't, what, I didn't did you hear him not say listen? That. No, I didn't hear that. You didn't hear him say that. He no. said, "He goes, that was my that was my toughest fight." Let me ask you, toughest yeah. fight is in terms of there was so much emotions going on for him. Uh, he said so it much was emotion. his toughest fight. Now you want to drag it into emotions? I'm saying your guy said that was his toughest fight. Now, it looked like his easiest fight. Oh man, it looked like the easiest. Fight. He dropped him. I mean, yeah. <laughs> How many other guys on the feet did he drop? <laughs> there you go. See, it looked like his easiest you, fight. You are now becoming nothing but a hater. No, you're I'm a hater. Facts. Last time I was talking, we're speaking facts Thank here, buddy. Do you he realize? Him, do you realize how him. happy you have made podcast, he Dave? He, ta this. he tapped him. He, he brings him one fake, thing. A, he brings one guillotine. thing up. A fake, or fake rear naked. What are, what are you talking? A fake, about? a fake rear naked. It was just across the face. Oh, Nothing. Fake. Super simple. Could be put you guys. in that that rear naked. You were tapping right away. Never did I. <laughs> Never did I. All right, guys. Hey, go to WayneInPodcast.com. WayneInPodcast.com. Pick up some more merch. Got a new shirt up called Five Rounds Main Event, which for our new show, which is on our Clips channel. Make sure you guys check out our new show, Five Rounds Main Event. It's a great little show we do. It's a short show. It's easy for all you people with uh, short attention spans like myself and uh, Big John. So we also got the hashtag and still that Big John is wearing right now. We also got the hindsight. It's 50 50. It's another great shirt that comes in all different colors. Our OG, uh, our OG logo weighing in, and we got the Beast Mode shirt, all different types of sweatshirts, sweaters. Sweat Anyways, no, sweatshirts, sweatshirts and, hood and hoodies and all the other things available on there, crew neck stuff, all those things. Check it out. We got a coffee mug for you guys who want to sit around and watch us on Sunday mornings or on Monday mornings or whenever we drop our show with your weighing in podcast, coffee mug. Pick one of those up as well. Thank you guys for so much for supporting us at WayneInPodcast.com.
John, take us away, bud. For everyone out there, thank you for tuning in. We hope you had fun. We hope you have a good time listening to the punk try to survive in the end with the Connor Nate talk because he was getting bombarded by both Dave and I. Have fun out there. Be good to someone. Make their day special, and we will see you. Trolls. <laughs>